Pharaoh's daughter, Nuala Ni Domnail. The bond. If I use my forbidden hand to raise a bridge across the river, all the work of the builders has been blown up by sunrise. A boat comes up the river by night, with a woman standing in it. Twin candles lit in her eyes, and two oars in her hands. She unsheathes a pack of cards. Will you play forfeits? She says. We play, and she beats me hands down, and she puts three bands upon me. Not to have two meals in one house. Not to pass two nights under one roof, not to sleep twice with the same man, until I find her. When I ask her address, if it were north, I'd tell you south. If it were east, west. She hooks off in a flash of lightning, leaving me stranded on the bank. My eyes full of candles, and the two dead oars. The head. My auntie's man, Tom Murphy, has a talent for identifying skulls. There's not a head he wouldn't recognize any time they'd open up a tomb in Caitlin's graveyard over there, in Ventry Parish. He knows them by their teeth. And when he comes across a badly knitted stone, he reads the jagged line-like script. He'll have the name, the surname, and a story about how it happened, as long as your arm. But he tells me there's a skull he's never managed yet to lay his hands on, the real king of them all, the skull of Tom the Head. This was one of the Kavanaghs from Kildare, a big, great hulk of a body with a mind to match. He made a bargain with this character one day. A widow's son from Rathane. Two horse loads of kelp, for letting him take a belt at his head. The character deliberates about his choice of weapon, till at length he lifts this pannier pin and gives the head an awful crack on the ear. The stick broke in two bits, while Tommy, Tommy never turned a hair, but rubbed his earlobe. Absent-mindedly, and set off homewards, with his two loads of manure. His wife was from back east, from Analek, so he walks into the kitchen one day, and this joiner and the wife are hobnobbing by the fire. There is a great big coffin made of one inch, no, an inch and a quarter, deal boards. I'd like to see the man, the joiner says. Who could break one of these boards with one kick of his boot? It would be an awful runt," says Tom, who couldn't do it with his head, and with that he puts a cracker of a headbutt clean through the coffin. So it's no wonder when at last they put him under, Inventory Parish in Saint Caitlin's graveyard, that the skull achieved a kind of notoriety. They called it the head of Tom the head, and it became a byword in the district. But for all his incredible bulk, he was a shadow. When you put him up against 
the big child of the glen. Glen Fahan was his dwelling place, and in the year of 1784 or thereabouts, he was at his peak. That was the year of the bad spring. About ten years, come to think of it, before the massacre in Dingle, straw ropes and mattresses were in short supply that year. The cattle and the people had them ate. It had been prophesied that one would come, and so the legend was born. The makings of the wristband of his shirt would take a yard of linen, and the brushwood that he'd gather on the mountain would provide a good-sized shed. Hauling boats or launching them, the child would be on one side, seven strong men on the other. And he broke this boyo's arm one day with one twist of his wrist. One day Tommy Connor was abroad on his white stallion. He walks into the child's place. He was some relation of the mother lifts a wooden mug of curds and whey, and knocks it straight back. He hands the child the empty mug. What does the child do? He oxters Tommy up and heads out the door with him. The mammy jumps up. What in God name, child, are you at? I'm going to toss him off the cliff, the child says, and it took the ma to call him all the names of the day before he let them go. He was nine at the time, thirteen when he died. It took six strong men to lift the coffin, and he's known to this day as the biggest child that ever roamed these parts. But what has this to do with anything, you might say, all this bullshit? Just this. These people swim into my ken with marvelous regularity. Just yesterday, before first light, an enormous giant of a youngster, he could only be the child, was signaling across the bay to us. And the children and myself were trying to guide him over to our side, flashing a light, a car flashlight maybe, on, off, on, off, on, off. Three long bursts and three short bursts, three long ones again, for all the world, like S.O.S., hoping he would get the message, trying to see if he would talk to us, or finally, if we could talk to him. Celebration Rise, small bird, to the top of the tree and clasp the topmost branch with your feet. Sing out from your throat your torrent of glorious notes and then your melody reenact. Remind me, earthbound, of some basic facts. Say if love leaves me, I'll hardly lose my mind. And though grief is great, so is the music of life. Rise and tell to us, poor creatures, by your bursting joie de vivre and sweetness, though the cows low sweetly in river fields, with grass and wild flag up to their ears, Chewing the cud with contented sighs, trust and patience in the solemn eyes, though the butcher awaits them and the liver fluke hides in the cresses of every brook. 
Tell how headscarved women pray the ritual in Menard at John the Baptist's well. Come from Dingle and Camp, they start to sweat in their crimplin' dresses in August heat. The fat one starts the rosary chanting. Decades rise and fall in a rustic mantra, like corn crake call or hum of bees, while fruit fly dust with eggs the blackberries. Tell how a dolphin-like English girl in a yellow bikini rides the sea swell, strides to the door of her caravan, dries herself, striped towel in hand. Tell her her tell how her belly is sun-browned, her breasts like grapefruit, full and round, a hairbrush in her hand, a tube of loxine gel, a Venus without her scallop shell. Rise and sing, though unaware, that a middle-aged woman is on her way, depressed in the sand dunes, pushing for miles, a pram which contains a retarded child. Her face is a picture of defeat, her elastic stockings killing in the heat, but even worse, she'd no greater pain without them from her varicose veins. Sing out loud from the shade of your oak, Missile thrush with your speckled throat. Dazzling my eyes, sing while you can to the still child in the small pram. He will clap his hands and start to laugh, conveying this delight to his man. From your brooding, take some ease. Hear the small bird on top of the trees. The woman breaks through the fog around her. Her courage and sense again have found her. In the flash of an eye, a sunray will fall, and she will smile through her self-pitying pall. I prefer that smile to her depressed face. You, small bird, deserve all the praise. Your song is a witness to the pain and joy that goes in hand with just being alive.